of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. After a little bit of a break, it is Thursday night, and you know what that means. The Green Dragon Tavern is open for business, and it is a hurricane party on this end. Uh, Of course, the big news that's going on right now, aside from what we're going to be talking about in this episode tonight, the great Nordic oil war that is unfolding but uh, of course, first and foremost, Hurricane Ian and uh, you know everybody the, uh, from Fort Myers all the way across to Orlando. Um, the the images of the damage are, are coming out from that now. Uh, I've been tracking that very closely today, as well as making storm preparations here, and um, you know in in the foothills of North Carolina, we have tropical storm warnings. Uh, all the way up to the Virginia border. So we're expecting it to appear, albeit, you know, not not anywhere like um, what they're they're dealing with in uh, Florida. But um, the relief effort is already underway down there. And I'm going to talk about something very important that, um, you know, you you may not know about right now. All right, so you know, Cajun Navy has been you know out pretty outspoken. They've got a lot of airtime in the news. They're they're doing great work. Uh, God bless them. You absolutely need to be supporting them. Uh, Operation Barbecue Relief is uh, down there. They are getting staged, getting prepped. Uh, that's another great organization to support. But this crowd that that I have, this following that that we have here, is kind of unique in our capabilities. And uh, while I was making some storm preparations today for uh, what, you know, we're getting ready to experience, um, I, it, you know, it hit me that they're, they're going to have the manpower, they're going to have material, but what is needed most right now is diversity and capability. And one of those things is in communications. And, you know, we have a, a pretty strong following in, in communications and, you know, I have the radio recon group through the forum, forum.brushbeater.org. And right now, the Hurricane Watch Net is active. And I want to point this out that if you are a amateur radio operator, general class or higher, you have HF capability, um, please, please, please 
volunteer your time for this as a uh, network relay, as uh, doing anything that that the net is requiring of you because they're going to be passing very important information, uh, coordinating elements of the relief effort. Uh, the Red Cross is is already doing this. I've been contacted by a number of people, and uh, I think that this is imperative to put this out. So the Hurricane WatchNet is run by the National Hurricane Center. Um, it is a amateur radio net and it is on HF as well as VHF for local operations, but, um, on HF for regional communications, this is, you know, going to, going to reach out to people that are far outside of the affected, uh, and immediate impact area. Uh, so prepare to copy, uh, 20 meters, 14 dot three two five megahertz all right fourteen dot three two five megahertz uh definitely have that on the dial and be monitoring that because this is where the bulk of the traffic is being sent uh that is going across the United States. So outside of the affected region, uh, 40 meters, 7.268 megahertz. I say again, 7.268 megahertz. And this is where the more localized traffic is going to be because 40 meters, um, does not have the necessarily the same propagation path, uh, during the day that, that 20 meters does. So, um, shorter distances, up and down the East Coast, uh, 40 meters is, is really going to be the uh, where it is. Uh, 20 meters is more coordinating things um, across the United States. All right. So, you know, get on the air with this. Of course, this is a voice net. So it is uh, 20 meters is going to be an upper sideband. 40 meters is going to be in lower sideband. Um, but it is a phone net. And there's going to be a few other spinoff nets from this as well, but they are coordinating emergency traffic right now along those, those HF nets. So um, even if you, you don't have any interest in, in helping out with that and, and hey, that's fine. This is a uh, all call to any volunteers out there that can get on the air and can, can act as, as net relays. Uh, but even if not, just keep those, those two frequencies in mind, stay off of them uh, so that the relief effort can be properly coordinated. All right. So, um, you know, Hurricane Ian moved back out. It was Tropical Storm Ian earlier today. It has regained strength into a Category 1 hurricane. It's expected to make landfall once more. And then it's, it's going to be pushing up through the, the uh, coast of South Carolina. And it's going to be coming up, uh, running right up the gut of North Carolina. So it's, it's literally uh, hitting the central to western Piedmont. Uh, we're, we're looking to experience about seven inches of rain right now is what, what uh, Noah is saying, monitoring this very, very closely. So there's going to be some power outages. There's going to be kind of a mess, um, you know, but obviously Florida is in a real bad way right now. So um, any way that you can help out, any way that, that you can contribute to this stuff, um, to the relief effort, Please do it. Please do it. And keep those folks in your prayers. Um,
contact with a number of people in the uh, uh, the the my fold, my internal fold. Uh, Angry American, Chris Weatherman, and uh, John Ammons, of course, with UW Gear, and a number of uh, other folks that I know from Florida that that work at least kind of on the fringes of the impact area and they're all doing well. And I know uh, there's probably a few of y'all out there who are wondering about the November scout course in Florida. There there's absolutely zero plans to move that. Um, it, you know, it, the affected area is, is well South of where we're going to be. So, you know, there's very, very little damage there. We don't really have anything to worry about. Uh, so, you know, that being said, I wanted to clear the air on that last, even though that is a, a way, way uh, down the pipe consideration uh, because the relief effort obviously is is going to take the forefront in all this. So if you can help out, I wanted to point all of that out. Um, please do. The Cajun Navy needs a, a lot of stuff. I was listening to an interview uh, that one of the guys, their, their uh, media representative was doing earlier today. They're going to need a lot of support and uh, they're, they've got a noble mission down there. They're doing a great job and um, definitely however you can contribute to any of that, but the communications, you know, the, that's, that is a, a very uh, high need right now. Uh, that is a very high need. That is that is at the top. So those two frequencies that I named off, and you can find information on this, of course, on the forum, forum.brushpeter.org. You can also find it at www.hwn, that is hotelwhiskeynovember.org, uh, the Hurricane Watch Net. You can also Google it, and uh, you will... Um, you will find all the information that is there. But uh, anyway, anyway, with that said, um, you know, serious stuff, definitely serious stuff. We're going to be talking about some uh, serious things tonight. You know, I'm kind of smiling a little bit. You know, it's it's kind of one of those like, oh, man, because it's because of the severity of the situation. But, uh, you know, it, it's been on the minds of a lot of people out there and I've had a lot of emails. I'm desperately trying to keep up with the emails, make storm preparations here, do everything that I'm doing. Um, but I've had a lot of people who've reached out who want to who specifically want me to do a podcast on breaking down the uh, Nord Stream one and two pipeline incident. And, um, you know, when it when when you have an incident like that where the data is not known we've all seen the bad takes we've all seen the you know the quote unquote experts we've all seen the people who who are our no betters um you know and, and i always give things like this at least 24 hours um we start to see evidence uh, of one thing or another and, I, you know, it, it, it's really, really important to understand that at this point, no matter who's at fault, it, it really doesn't matter. It's it's the USS Maine. It's the Lusitania. It's, uh, you know, the the uh, one of the final lines from where Eagles dare whole as a whole as a whole doesn't doesn't matter. You know, it, it the, the what matters is. The effect is where we are now is, you know, how how is this seen? What is the second and third order effect 
of the actions that are taken. And we're on a path now that I don't think anybody truly can wrap their mind around the ramifications. Uh, but we're going to be talking about that. And, uh, you know, in, in the interest of objectivity, you know, I, I'm not really on anybody's side on this. I'm certainly not. Uh, I got accused uh, yet again. I've been accused a few times of this, of, of being a Russian bot. Um, and I, I do not think I am anything of the sort. Um, I don't, at least I don't think I'm a bot, uh, you know, unless I'm like one of those Blade Runner bots. Uh, but anyway, you know, I, I, I'm certainly no no supporter of that, but I'm not a supporter of, of the grift and, and everything. I, you know, I want sanity and I want accountability out of government as well. You know, and and this this is a pivotal moment. You know, the the attack and, and at this point we can say it was an attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. The question is, is who did it? All right. So you have Anthony Blinken that's saying that it, it was an attack, right? So the United States' formal position is that it was an attack. And the Russians obviously are claiming it's an attack. So we have a number of things that, that we need to examine. Um, but th this is a critical moment. This is every bit as important as um, as as 9-11, as Pearl Harbor, as um, the, the sinking of the Lusitania, as the explosion on the USS Maine, in terms of its second and third order effect, in terms of what it is, uh, the path that it is putting the world on and moving towards. You know, and uh, to put it another way, an Archduke Ferdinand moment. Uh, so anyhow, we're going to be discussing that in this episode. And, um, you know, in, in, of course, breaking in, you know, with with some humor here and there, because not everything's doom and gloom. And this this show is is a hell of a lot of fun. And that's why I love running it. Uh, but anyway, with that said, top of the list, my guests in here, Mr. Madman Actual. What's up, brother? What's happening? Not a whole lot, my, yeah. my no such agency man. Not anymore. To be fair, I was a dot mill guy the whole time, so I was kind of an outsider <laughs> anyway. They didn't like you. Um, nah, they didn't like you. All. You were a green suit. No, I got. No, I was. I was in the commander's office frequently, getting a stern <laughs> talking to. <laughs> <sighs> The dot gov people couldn't handle me. No, they no, couldn't handle any of Were there knife hands? I was the most tame one. Um, <laughs> there was a knife hand one time, and that was actually well deserved. <laughs> I did. I did say some off-color things that were directed at a specific person, and meant to be offensive, and I admitted to it. <laughs> yeah. Correct. So, but anyway, uh, you know. Just uh, the, the working. The first time and, uh, I was an E4. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I just. No, that was the thing. I was just. They didn't even let me get to E5. Just like, and nope. No. Yeah, they, they were like, no. Nah, I, I told people in the past is like, well, the first time I was an E4. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, even like I had some people say like, man, why aren't you like, at least an E5 yet? And I was like, because I cuss too much. Uh, I call the Taliban Team Mo consistently. 
Um, oh, oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> I don't ooh. understand it at all. <laughs> Called him. Yeah, it's just like you know. I just I don't know. I talked like I grew up at Fort Hood or something. You, you should have been a soldier in IRA. You would have been fine. That's exactly what my sergeant major said. He's like, you know, man, if you would have just been a soldier like 20 years ago, dude, you'd be like a sergeant major. <laughs> That's I back like, when you, I don't, you had I don't to get a DUI. Like you, you had to get a DUI to make sergeant major. Oh yeah, like, if you didn't have an Article 15 and a divorce, you weren't getting sergeant major. <laughs> or, or use, uh, or use pyro in a manner other than prescribed. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, what you drinking on tonight? Uh, right now, nothing. The house is what? dry, I think, actually. Oh, yeah, no. man. It's pretty rough goings over here. We're in a tight spot. Oh, no. Make your actually, way back down here, man. We, I've got, I'm drinking on some horse soldier. Yeah. Oh, you I'm know what? I'm, I am, I'm sipping, uh, this is horse soldiers, not the reserve. I, I'm not sure which this. This is like the the mid grade. It's got like the gold belt buckle on the uh, on the bottom. Oh, yeah, good. there we go. All right, I got some big truck. Oh, there you go. Say. Yeah. So the only truck. other thing is uh, the wine and some orchard, angry orchard. I think. Oh, that's hanging. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink that. That's no. Oh no, it's what is this? Cider Boys, Peach County, Apple Peach Hard Cider. That sounds disgusting. That sounds like a nasty hangover, dude. That sounds like my wife went to the liquor store. That's what, <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, went to the beer store. Sorry, she gets me the good stuff. She can drink that nasty crap. <sighs> Goodness, right? Wine, oh, wine hangover. That's the worst. It is. It, it, wine hangovers are atrocious. The, the worst hangover I've ever had. Like I back back when I was I was horrible. Uh, back back when I was a Joe in the army. Like I, you know, went from from being a undergrad frat boy which was you know pretty horrible in in terms of alcohol content and alcohol and then like being a joe in the barracks in in the army holy shit man just you know but but like i could drink a fifth a night and like I, i could i could literally go to shop it grab a fifth of jim beam and friggin pound it on a Friday night, Saturday, I like to wake up Saturday and I'm good. Like whatever, man. Like I'm I'm gonna go eat some greasy ass something or another for breakfast, soak it up a little bit, go for a run, and then be ready to party. Like it and you know, but you drink wine, like man, you ah, <laughs> you make the mistake of killing a bottle of wine and then man, the next day, like you're just like, dude, I feel like death. Uh, yeah. yeah, the wine hangover is terrible. It's just pounding headache. You're all like dehydrated. Your mouth's shriveled up. <laughs> I'd much prefer with just waking up smelling like the beer burps. I'd rather do that than, than be wine hungover. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't go for any hangovers anymore, man. If if I can help <laughs> it, yeah, like if if I can help it, I like rather sip something good and and actually enjoy it. And you know, unless of course it is scuzzy beer night, because if it's scuzzy beer night, that's a different story. <laughs> All <laughs> bets are off. All bets are off. It has to happen. <laughs> scuzzy it has beer to night. happen, dude. Oh, every once in a while, you got to do it. Every once in oh, a while, yeah. you got to. Man. Yeah, you got to tie one off. <sighs> I haven't heard that yeah. term in a while. I haven't heard that in a while. Oh, man. <sighs> Jumping in so that, that thread that we had going uh, up on the Twitter. So the uh, uh, Signals Intelligence. So for anybody out there that's uh, listening, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Brushbeater. And uh, handles brush beater actual. You can follow Madman actual. You can follow Mech Medic as well. Um, you know, and of course, American Partisan with Partisan News. But we've got a little uh, signals intelligence thread going over there and um, kind of running down how to conduct SIGINT in the field, the equipment considerations. Like, and I just did all this from my tailgate, um, just running through different stuff and uh, cool things, man. Cool things. So, uh, yeah, that you was know, a good thread. Yeah, man. And I got a little bit to add to it. And uh, little things like that. Little things like that. And I'm trying to a couple times a week, uh, hand some stuff out like that out there. You know, little pointers to get people going. But um, anyhow, anyhow, with that said, Mr. Dodge, what's up, brother? Oh, living the dream as usual. Living Actually, the dream. Pretty good week, awesome weather. Uh, half my half my days are spent doing patrols outside, so it was a good week for that. Fall nice. actually got here when it when it's scheduled on the calendar this year. I'm pretty stoked nice. about that. It started the day after uh, well, last Friday. Pretty much started getting 40 degree mornings. So, yeah, we did this week, and and the leaves are turning. It's mm-hmm. uh. Man, it, it so that ridge line, the uh, the training site. So everybody that's been to class, um, you know, and, and and been to the farm and been to the training site, um, you know, you, you guys know when you look to the north, you see that that big ridge line that looks into Virginia, and uh, all of that is turning like nature's fireworks, man. It, mm-hmm. It's, you know, you got the bright yellows and the bright reds are starting to pop out and the orange and you're just like little hints of it here and there, man. And it's, it's getting ready to pop. It's going to yeah. look awesome. The, uh, that's one of the things seems like we in the last, I mean, hell decade, decade and a half, at least we go straight from summer to winter and in about the end of October, beginning of November. And, uh, It'd be nice to actually have have a fall this year. Yeah. Um, sweat, sweatshirt bonfire weather, man. If I could find a place had that for ten months out of the year, a month of a month of summer, a month of winter, I'd move there. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Wyoming has about a month of summer, but then they have eleven months of winter. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that I, I I like cold weather, but not as much as I did when I was twenty. Um, no, 
but I'm that's I'm really exactly. looking forward to doing a bunch of you know doing a bunch of hunting this year, especially muzzleloader and bow and uh, you know rifle season yeah. comes in right after Thanksgiving and uh, but gonna try to put a bunch Man, of deer in the great. freezer and yeah get some go out do some squirrel hunting and uh, got a uh, couple rifles I'm gonna try out for squirrel this year so I can then do do some reviews on them that. That twenty-two mag I was uh, showed to, sent you that picture of. Yeah, I was pretty much shocked that that thing shot as well as it did for the type of rifle it is. But uh, hey, it's stupid, but it works. It ain't stupid. I would, I don't call it stupid. I mean, twenty oh, mag uh, is it, it's <laughs> a it's great caliber. It's it's one that uh, seventeen really like superseded it in the market every you know and and for a lot of reasons man there's a lot of reasons for that but you know 22 magnum is still an incredibly cool caliber an incredibly useful caliber you just don't find it as much um especially when it's a 30 shot (laughs) yeah no i mean exactly dude it's that's that that it's really cool man like um 22 long rifles a hell of a lot of fun you know for for obvious reasons but you know 22 mag can do things that 22 long rifle can't you know it it slightly longer ranges and you know it's i mean around here when you're talking you know like 65 70 feet up you know in in um into the the canopies of trees you, you can pick off squirrels that high you know 22 long rifles starting to lose some energy you know and and um it's it, it's just a good caliber man it's a good caliber for yeah. a lot of reasons well it was i mean it was i think i had told you that, um that rifle was shooting inch to inch and a half at 50 yards and that was with a red yeah. dot so yeah um, the uh oh it's for everybody else we're talking about the keltec 22 mag semi-automatic one they have a rifle and a pistol that has the 30 round mags i I picked up one used for a really good price and uh already had the upgrade the gen 2 upgrade and all already done to it and uh the thing with a red dot and a loaded magazine weighs less than six pounds (laughs) so yeah it's a cool little weapon man it it kind of reminds me of the um the hk pdw that was uh the yeah, the, the 4.7 millimeter mm-hmm. uh, little little thing they made. Um, I, I mean, I guess people are still running it. I, I know uh, DevGrew was using it for a little while, and CAG probably was as well, but I don't know if they're still running it or not. But, yeah. you know, anyway, it, it kind of... Keltec, that, that weapon kind of reminded me of that, but mm-hmm. in a more practical caliber, because, I mean... I, I, I think it would make a very good survival gun for for from the aspect of without an optic on it. I mean, the thing only weighs three point eight pounds, and it'll strap onto the side of an assault pack, and it'll be about it's about the same length when you collapse a sock. And uh, yeah, it, it's as far as a a pure survival gun where you're not concerned about whether something is reloadable as far as ammunition. You know, rim fires. You know shoot and forget um and and you can carry a lot of it um 
and a 22 mag, I mean, that's it. <laughs> 22 mags killed a lot of deer. And, uh, I got some stories that I probably should not tell in the public domain about 22 <laughs> yeah. Magnum. Although the, the perpetrator involved in it is now deceased. So, you know, he, he, he did get himself <laughs> into some trouble with a game warden. Uh, quite a bit of trouble, but I, I could tell you some stories about um, him and a 22 Magnum things that he was doing, you know, and uh, unlawfully taking game. We'll just leave, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, Possibly sheriff caught up with him. Uh, nah, when you, when you shoot a decoy deer that the game wardens <laughs> put out on the highway, it's, you know, that was, but I mean, that honestly was benign compared to a lot of the crap he did. So, <laughs> you know, he, he's, I mean, whatever, you know, can't, yep. again, I ain't going to go too deep into, I don't want to give people ideas out there. They'd be like, I heard on this podcast that I could do this. Like, nah, 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 nah. Um. <laughs> American partisan uh, does yeah. not endorse uh, any misuse or illegal use of above items. <laughs> uh, he, he was a poacher too, like mm -hmm. straight up. There, there's no other term. There's no other fitting term than he was a poacher. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he would have like, you know, he would have deer in the middle of the summer in the back of the truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, so he read Ragnar Benson's book. <laughs> yeah, he might have wrote that book. He might he might have been the, the the shadow writer for that book, man. He he tell you what, he there there was one time there's one time that this person in question and I know I know that a couple of people listening to this show are gonna know who he is. I, I know that for a fact. Um but he he showed up and I was probably seven or eight, man. He showed up. He had this old green f-150 and i'm talking about like it was like uh, a early 80s model f-150 and i mean it you know it was jacked to the sky had these huge tires under it and um the whole bed was literally filled up with stripers the whole bed right so he he had been out on one of the lakes around here he he had caught and and I mean, I'm not going to go into exactly what he, how he acquired this many fish because he didn't, he didn't do this through, uh, you know, casting and reeling. But anyway, he, he had a whole, he had a whole bed. The whole bed was full. And I remember he, you know, he's like, look over in here, boy. I looked over and I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of fish, you know. I, I mean, I was, I was a little kid, man, and, they, you know. But that was, yeah, yeah, again, not giving anybody any ideas, but I'm just saying, you know, he, he had no problems feeding his family on a budget. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyhow, Anyhow, moving now, now that we've talked about quasi legal things already tonight, yeah. speaking of quasi legal, Magmatic, what's up, brother? <laughs> Are you there, Mr. Magmatic? 
Are you there? I cannot hear you. No, we can't hear you. Hello? How about now? There you are. Finally, speaking of scuzzy beer night and quasi-legal things. (laughs) (laughs) We have entered my domain. We have entered the domain of the mech medic. (laughs) Can you really be a medic if you don't do, like, sketchy bullshit all the time? I think it's a requirement. At least to be a good one. I saw something that reminded me of you this morning. And I started to send it over your way, but I didn't because I was like, man, first of all, you sent me that picture of a six pack of of tall boys of hams. I'm drinking one right now. Oh, so I figured you drank all of them yesterday. And I was early this morning. I was like, oh, boy, woke up with a hangover. I'm going to leave him alone. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. But there's a story. There is a story that has uh, emerged from one of the Marine Corps bases. And it's made its way around social media. Navy Corbin, Navy Corbin charged with a DUI. All right. He's charged with a DUI after getting pulled over, resisting arrest, running off into a, uh, a park that he was nearby, grabbing a raccoon. Now, how he grabbed a raccoon, I don't know. Uh, this guy uh, had he he he's trying to use the raccoon fight he's fighting this raccoon by the way he's trying to use the raccoon for a breathalyzer because it was breathalyzer in his car to get his car crank up <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, wow. raccoon passes out raccoon comes comes back you know, magically comes back to life, claws the <laughs> shit out of him, you know, and he ends up going to jail. So this is wow. uh, obviously some of the elements of this story are just a tad bit out of order, but that's the way that I read it. So, uh, you know, there's some elements in my brain that are a little out of order from time to time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, improvised explosive devices and Iraq and Afghanistan. <laughs> but um, anyhow, I figured it'd be something that you would say it was naked from the waist down. Oh, he probably uh, was. He probably yeah. was. I, from my first deployment, there actually was a story of a, a corpsman that got in trouble for drinking. It was when they left to go to Africa. Um, there was a Marine and a corpsman both that like blew. They were drunk and they were late to their flight. <clears throat> leaving for Africa. And the thing that we always laughed about was that the Marine blew like a 0.36 and the Corman blew a 0.21. And the Marine had actually still made it to the armory and drew his weapon. (laughs) Wow. And the Corman did not have his weapon and tried to get on the flight without it. (laughs) Um, the marine that, that's flawless victory right there boy i tell you yes what, that's impressive yes i i think i what sticks in my mind is 0.36 i might be wrong but i know it was like ridiculously high the marine like everyone was like they like they put it up they had like a whole big like 
MAGTAF wide like meeting and we had to like go through this like PowerPoint brief and they like put it on the slide and like the whole like room started laughing and they had to like yell at us because we were laughing when we saw like the BAC. Was was his name wow. Gunny Highway? <laughs> no, it was definitely a Lance. <laughs> that's just impressive that they weren't unconscious. Dude. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's he what was, I was thinking. That's like, yeah. I mean, anything above like a point one four, you're like, yeah, you're like cross-eyed drunk. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. We did. Yeah, it was. There was an E club in Maroon, and we were getting shammered. Imagine what he. Uh, I had a couple nights where I did not remember getting back to my bunk. Um, there was one night where I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm not pretty sure. I'm like basically ninety nine point nine percent positive that I got a concussion because I tried to climb into bed and I tried to like hitch my leg over like I was getting in a saddle when I was getting onto the top bunk and I missed and so I just I just I just let go. I let go of the railing and fell from the top bunk. And they said they watched my head bounce off the linoleum. Bro. And they watched me climb back up, get into bed, and go to sleep. And I woke up with the worst hangover of my life. Well, you had a concussion. Yeah, no, it was a hangover and a concussion together is what it was. Um, That was miserable. And after that, like, I just know that after that point in time, like, a lot of things in, like, my past just got really fuzzy. (laughs) <laughs> and like recollection yeah, of like dates and like facts and like names got like really bad and i'm like yeah no that's totally not related nope <laughs> not service connected so one time at sand camp uh oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> This you one know, time, the fact this that one, that happened and you teach people is <laughs> kind of scary. I do it apparently kind of well because people keep showing up. Yeah, it's true. It's not Your the scariest. That's, that's the frightening part. Is that apparently I'm good at it? No, you are. That class so, is phenomenal. The partisan. Apparently, the tism pays off. <laughs> the tism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what it is? It's uh, it's like old school with Frank the Tank. Yeah, mm, yeah. You know, just like goes yes. off and answers. Like, what the hell it was? But, yeah. Dude, that is that is complex question. Frank the Tank. That is actually a good uh, spirit animal for you, magnetic. <laughs> Freaking serious right now. <laughs> you, that is you, dude. I never thought about that before. But like all the way down to all the way down to that second class you taught down at my place. You're like you show up and it's like one minute you're you're like, yeah, man, bro, I'm happy to be like be back hanging out with you. Like, we're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, you're trying, like, like an hour later, you're trying to smoke a cigar backwards. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, hey. And, and see, the thing was, the thing was for all of you out there that 
can't necessarily picture this. He did not cut the other end. He cut the cut no. end. Yes. And was sitting there because it's already cut. So now he cut it again. <laughs> and he's sitting there spitting tobacco everywhere. And he can't light it. And he's just like, I don't know what I want to light. You know, like, You're like, burning your cigar by the ends? No, yes. it's not. No, it's not. And I'm like, okay, it's not. And then, then once you burn it to the label, which was really funny. You, you, and I remember, I remember, this is a weird thing. Man. I can't. I can't remember what I had for breakfast the, the other day because you know I've had some some nasty concussions because um, I, I have had TBIs and everything. But um, I, I had a, a real, real bad one. That some of y'all know the story behind. But um, I can remember tiny details like be, of of an eidetic memory. I can remember tiny details from a long time ago, right? And so you were smoking, you were smoking a Drew Estate Fat Bottom Betty, and I remember sure that. Was. And it, yep. And the lady, the, so there's a there's a lady who's painted on there like a sugar skull kind of deal on the label and you were smoking that and you were like, man, this tastes horrible. And I was like, yeah, cause you're smoking the label guy. <laughs> that was the night that you painted the inside of your car. Sure did. You did. Oof. You did. You did. But I'm going to tell you something. I gained a lot of respect for you that morning. Because <laughs> you got up, you got up, you took it on the chin. And you taught a badass class, and you had two practicing doctors and a PA in that class, you know, and uh, it knocked it out of the park, man, knocked it out of the park, and uh, stood up in front of them past dinner time for a, a like a totally off the cuff Q and A session where they were just mm-hmm. launching questions at you, question after question, and you were just firing it off like a champ, bro. And um, I was, I, I mean, I was sitting there and I had Jesse James there too. And so we were just sitting there watching you and Jesse looks at me and he's like, he's not going to freaking stop, is he? And I'm like, nah, he was like, this dude is a genius. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, ain't, I ain't blowing smoke up your kilt, man. You, you know, you, you got a presence with people, I, but I mean, I told you that I told you that, you know, you, you, you get away with people, man. You got a teaching style that's just uh, it's a it's a rare thing. It's rare. You gotta you gotta cultivate that. You gotta cultivate that ability. You know which which y'all do. I'm very very proud of all of you, my boys. Got y'all in here. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. It's probably it definitely a good class in uh, in Maryland. That was uh, that was a hell of a time. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun. I missed all the the, the nightly activities, though. You did. You did. These damn, damn kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't miss out on a lot of shit talking to Johnny. Oh, I mean, it's like the whole dude, time, and it was everybody too. First of all, Johnny is unaccounted for. I'm about this to is... we're about to do a DFR packet on him. DFR him. You know, drop some rolls, man. Like Yeah. I mean, at least we have uh 
AJ Augustine in here? I don't know who that guy yeah. is. Yeah. Did you see He's that? Got a Habibi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early in the show. He was trying to call in. Yeah. He I, did. Uh, oh, it says he did. It shows it online that he's one of the yeah, call still showing the issue is still showing showing on here. Yeah, eh, whatever. What? <laughs> whatever. I did uh I hit Johnny up. I don't he's probably passed out. He's tired, man. He's he's a working man. Like Getty he Lee and Rush. They call me the working man. <laughs> Shoot, I did 12 hours today and I'm still here. That's right. That's right, man. That's right. Well, you gotta, you know, like, you know. My hands hurt. That's a new thing. It's been a while since it's been a thing, but uh, my hands hurt. You're not supposed to death grip it. Well, <laughs> when it's that small. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 God. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, all right. We're devolving. See, it's the, <laughs> that, that kind of classless remark that keeps bringing people back. They're like, just, just trash. Basically, I don't, what I ought to do, what I really ought to do, is change the name of the show to No Man, like Married with Children. You know, just call it the National, White Trash Bash. This is the the National Association against Amazonian Masterhood. No Man. National organization against Amazonian Masterhood. That's what it is. The great Al Bundy. Oh man. Or Dude, somebody I, else I would call it like no so, somebody else would call it Sons of Puberty or some shit like that. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Dude, we're closing in on ten thousand subscribers. Yeah, you know, knocking it out of the park. Over four hundred and fifty thousand downloads. I mean just saying, you know. Just saying. Well, we're almost at what, ten million. We're almost at ten million hits on AP too. Ten million hits on American Partisan. Ten million hits. So one of the things too, like, and, and that's a good segue to to get us into the the uh, unfolding of the Great Nordic Oil War. Um, yeah, you heard it. You heard it uh, first here. Um, little known fact about me that a lot of people don't know um, is having a background in sociology, concentration in criminology, um, and uh, having studied that for a long period of time. One of the the things I wrote, one of my handful of dissertations on, was the Great Nordic Biker War which uh, was really fascinating to me at the time. It still really is. Uh, biker culture in Scandinavian countries and in Russia as well is very, very fascinating. And so um, for a lot of reasons. And the Great Nordic Biker War was a very interesting, like if, if you think that the Hells Angels and the Outlaws and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Sons of Silence and the Mongols and, and like, that's all interesting in the United States, and it is. Man, I'm going to tell you something. The Hells Angels going at it 
in Norway in the, the great Nordic biker war, like this turned into them shooting RPGs and like jailbreaks and it, dude, it's wild. Like it, that's a, that's a, um, a true crime story that, you know, they, 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 they've never done a podcast on and I ain't really into true crime. So whatever. Uh, but it would be very fascinating. So look that up. Uh, look up the, the Great Nordic Biker War. But what we got going on now is the great, or unfolding at least now, is the Great Nordic Oil War. And, um, you know, I made some commentary on this a, a few years ago. And this is going to tie into um, with, with American Partisan. Is, you know, they've, they've been clamoring for a war with the Russians for a long period of time now. And, you know, we're kind of on that path of, of we're going to fight at some point. It's just uh, what what interesting path are we going to take to get to that fight? You know, it, it's we're, we're we're making these moves, the counter moves and, you know, and, and, and there's missteps here, there and everywhere. And, you know, now you've got this Ukraine debacle that's going on, but it's all leading up to, you know, where we're headed. And, um, you know, I, I'm having borne the brunt of war uh, physically, psychologically, you know, I'm telling you, you know, I'm I'm a very anti war person if, if we can work this thing out and we can work with these other countries then you know that, that's the way that we need to go uh because because our kids don't don't need to be fighting um you know but with that said with uh you know we, we got our own problems here at home and you know obviously we talk about that ad nauseum too but you know, the, Russia at this point needs to be considered an enemy country because they absolutely are. I mean, they did have a period of time where they wanted to work with the United States. That time is, I think, in the rearview mirror, well in the rearview mirror. I mean, once you have targeted assassinations inside, you know, their borders, which they did with uh, Dugan's daughter, um, man, all bets are off at that point. So, you know that Nord Stream 1 and 2 were... Uh, attacked, right? So we had Anthony Blinken, U.S. Secretary of State, confirmed it, right? He has confirmed it. Deutsche Well, which I put up uh, two videos that were produced by Deutsche Well. Deutsche Well is uh, one of the, the large scale um, German news outlets. It used to be the state media for East Germany, and and now it's you know it's still in operation. Uh, they produced a, a, a couple of well-done pieces where they were explaining their position on it. And I think that really telegraphs where the German people, uh, where their sentiment lay in all of this. And, you know, obviously the Russians are, are blaming the United States. They say that it's an attack. The United States is saying, we don't know who did it. And then you, then you just can't make this up. The husband of Ann Applebaum. So Ann Applebaum, in case you do not know who this woman is, Ann Applebaum is a fairly famous news columnist uh, for a few think tanks out there. She's a neocon, neoliberal, neo-whatever, uh, whatever you want to call her. But she's sat on a bunch of 
centers and think tanks and this, that, and the other. She was a big cheerleader for war in Ukraine, uh, wanted to arm Ukraine with nuclear weapons, which I think is uh, paralleling giving a toddler matches. That's just a, a terrible idea. Um, you know, and, and now you have her husband who is the former foreign minister. So the Polish equivalent to secretary of state, he is thanking, now he's, he's a high level governmental official. He is a EU person as well. He is thanking the United States on Twitter with an image of the aftermath of Nord Stream 2 being ruptured. So it doesn't matter at that point. All right, his name is Radek Sikorsky. It doesn't matter at this point how, like, we could, we could argue who did it. We could talk about, you know, well, there's, there's no way the United States would do that. We wouldn't do that. The Russians blew up their own pipeline for various reasons. There's an argument to be made both ways. I don't think it matters at this point because the way that you need to look at it is, is what is going to be the second and third order effect and what we're going to discuss going forward. So I've been writing about this and, and kind of following what I see would be a second and third order effect now for a number of years, going back to the very beginning of American partisan. I've talked about how uh, U.S. hegemony in foreign policy in South and Central America has been waning for a long period of time. And the Trump administration did what it could to try and fix that. But, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, with, with Nikki Haley going to Columbia for a while, there, there was some rumblings that, that there were good things happening there. Uh, Juan Guaido in Venezuela, the color revolution that lost a lot of support here in the United States, but had it been successful, we would have ended up with a more stable partner in Venezuela. The failed color revolution in Cuba as well, which you'll, you'll remember, American Partisan, myself, uh, through the forum, we ran uh, Operation Cuba Libre, so we were countering the jamming that was going on on HF. We've been talking about this for a long period of time, right? I've been reporting on this stuff for a very long period of time, and and recognizing that the Russians, if you know, they're acting like a, a enemy, right? So we have to kind of consider them at least hostile at face value. And these are the moves that them and the Chinese are making in South and Central America. We need to pay very close attention to this if nobody else does. And now with this administration, it doesn't look like anybody in DC is even concerned at all with this. And um, we're going to be talking about it in this episode. So right off the top, guys, um, your take on the Nord Stream attack, I think it's safe to say at this point that that it was an attack. Um, what are you, what are you guys' response to this? The timing's really interesting, so that would lead me to believe it was an attack. And the fact that, like, well, even if it wasn't actually an attack, when you have uh, like foreign diplomats tweeting "Thank you, USA." Um, it's kind of like the uh, uh, law-abiding citizen. It's not about what's true. It's about what you can prove in court. Yep. So the, 
reality doesn't really matter. It's the perception of reality. And if the perception is that it was an attack done by the U.S. or a Western nation, that's what it is. That that becomes reality. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's not looking good. Um, yeah, just not looking good at all. And then you got the Russians uh, getting their new conscripts spun up, which everybody's making fun of, but... You know, they probably found, like, the support battalion or something and just took a bunch of pictures of them, um, claiming that was going to be, like, the front-line guys. Probably not. Um, yeah. That's just not how like, that works. I mean... You don't actually put 60-year-old <laughs> dudes on the front lines, man. That's just not real life. Well, this conscription, you know... I think that the videos coming out of that, that was, it, you know, it was always, it's always people with Ukraine flags in their profile, you know, but here, here's something that I said the other day, uh, I think either yesterday or it might've been the day before. I don't remember, but how they, they, all these people that, that are like mocking the Russians, which you should, you absolutely should not ever, ever under any circumstances mock your adversaries. That is hubris before battle is the absolute dumbest thing that you can do. And I absolutely despise a man who will dismiss an enemy as nothing because you're going to get your ass kicked. You're the guy who's going to get your ass handed to you if you dismiss the capabilities of your adversaries. It's important to know that throughout this entire Ukrainian debacle, whether you're, you're looking at it from uh, the, the, the U.S. proxy side or the, the Russian side. There's not a lot that makes sense. This is a colossal failure on both ends. Um, so, we, we're, I mean, we're approaching having spent almost as much in, in war material and money in seven months' time, six months' time, as we did for the first half of Iraq, perhaps even more. I mean, this is this is absolutely ridiculous, and for what gain? They haven't won, um, you know. So I'm sorry, uh, and, and you know, this is this is coming out of the guy who's president, who allegedly was the anti-war candidate uh, back in 2008, uh, was a VP for the anti-war candidate. Uh, so this this is dumb by any stretch of the imagination. This is dumb. But to say for all for the the um, the Ukraine flag people on social media and wherever, right? Who, who have been mocking this conscription effort. They didn't complete basic training in a day. What do, I mean, what do, what do you people think? Like they, they, they wholly do not have a realistic look on what it takes to be in the military or, 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 you know, any, any sort of basic training program. I mean, they, they can't even tell you anything about the Russian order of battle or, or anything. But they're very quick to give you an analysis. And, and the sad thing is, is that a lot of these people show up in the media. What say y'all? It, it, it definitely reminds me of that, uh, <clears throat> that guy that was on that Future Conflicts podcast you did. People saying shit like that. I saw a video. It was interesting. I don't know the validity of it or how true it is, but it was a video of people, of alleged Russian conscripts being t talked to by a, a female uh, service member. 
Russian ser- alleged female Russian service member about stuff, talking about how they're going to have to like scavenge anything they can if they can get their family members to send them stuff, including medical equipment. Um, and then talked about how you need to have, and this is the part that really like, and those of you that have had me in class, um, you're you're going to know exactly where I'm going with this, um, that they needed to talk to their female family members to get them to send to them in the mail pads and tampons because they're great for bullet wounds because she learned that in Chechnya. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, so that, that doesn't was, sound uh, realistic. No. That just sounds, um, um, that don't sound realistic. So that was uh, that was an interesting video that was uh, spinning around um, along with this one. I don't know if you guys have seen it. <clears throat> there was uh, they were showing like a, a plate carrier or body armor on the ground, and there was a tourniquet that was uh, rubber banded inside to the plate carrier. And this plate carrier is very clean and devoid of blood. And there's a body like 20 feet away that's like very obviously meant to be like a dead body. And they're like, this was on this guy's kit and he couldn't get to it. And I'm like, if he's dead, why is there no blood on his carrier? Like, if he needed a tourniquet that bad, you'd, you'd think there'd be blood on the... Yeah. Like, you'd probably be like, oh god, I'm bleeding! And like grabbing the injury and then trying to grab the tourniquet. But it's like a very clean, like not exposed to any dirt or UV or anything. It's... Rubber banded, zip tied to the pals webbing. Mm-hmm. A lot of I interesting mean... stuff going around that like if you just think about it for a second, you're like, there's no way this is fucking real. Nah. Nah. I mean, the one thing that I saw, I think it was like a month ago, where the... Um... It was like a BTR-80 crew or something. They got lit up and, you know, they, they obviously didn't make it. And the Ukrainians were pulling their gear out of the vehicle. And um, it was like the driver had steel plates. I can believe that. You know, I yeah. can believe it. They, they, they were kind of like, they, they were like, look at this, you know, like like their gear, they're running steel plates. So, yeah, you know, even even the Ukrainians are mocking the guys wearing steel plates. So I got to rub a little salt in that. <laughs> um, but they're like, look at these guys. So I, I can believe that, actually. I, I can believe that because if if you kind of limited in material to begin with, which you know maybe they are, maybe they're not, but they you know they probably think about it like who's driving a BTR eight? I mean, how much does he really need? You know? Yeah. Like, does he need ballistic protection or does he need protection from shrapnel, which, you know, a steel plate will, will, you know, protect you from shrapnel. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's still, it's a little strange to me still. I mean, whatever. I I can believe that. Um, you know, obviously, cause that BTR was on fire. That was definitely a Russian BTR 82. That was not a Ukrainian one that they just spray painted a Z on or whatever for the cameras. I like that was real, but, um, it just doesn't. Yeah. Typically, typically armored crewmen don't really even wear armor. Cause the thought is if it penetrates the armor. Yeah. Your, your body, your personal body armor isn't going to do anything for something that penetrates like tank or. No infantry fighting vehicle armor now you, you just got to worry about falling like that's pretty yeah. much and yeah. that's like the thing is man going back to the uh the soviet afghan war 
that was that was one of their their uh, the Russian army's complaints about the Soviet Afghan war was that the the mechanized infantrymen wore too much armor. Like these these guys were wearing a lot of armor, and because the the Russian order of battle at the time was that they they had a um, uh, overvest. I mean, you, you can look all the stuff up. Like it, it you know, it, it's it's all there, and the the RD fifty four web kit was designed to fit over this body armor system that they wore inside of their vehicles but they were so cramped inside of them that they didn't want to be in there um and and they they had all the complaints about it and stuff you know but you can't tell me that it changed that much i mean you know it it just i i don't know man none of this is really making sense it looks like to me with russia going them going into ukraine is they thought that the ukrainian government was going to fall relatively quickly and that it wasn't going to be you know this this big protracted fight that it turned into um and and they didn't go in there prepared for that either and so that's uh, that's just what it looks like to me i don't know but but that really doesn't i don't think that matters so much uh anymore really because now we you know we've got a major escalation here by anybody's estimation and um you know what do y'all make of it yeah i mean it's (laughs) the whole perception is reality thing is is pretty big considering uh you know biden was saying before they even went into ukraine that if they did they he would he would shut down the nord stream 2 pipeline and when specifically asked well germany and russia control that well yeah we'll we'll, we will shut it down and uh and then the the, uh exercise they spoke the navy was supposedly doing to the island right near the pipeline in june uh it, it just it looks the it looks very bad i mean it looks very incriminating um and like you said the you know these these diplomats saying hey thanks buddy thanks a lot for uh uh doing that and it, it just it's almost too too good um you know you you know my thoughts on it as far as i i <clears throat> i think we were behind it even if we didn't do it but at the same time i don't know and and there's there's some stuff to be said for why russia might have done it um there's uh, somebody said a while ago in comments about a non-state actor somebody could be trying to stir it up get this thing going i mean it's you know it seems like everybody that that uh doesn't get it wants wants to go to war uh so uh and and they need it they you know they need a war to be able to get this great reset thing, you know, firmly in place. And, and, uh, the stuff with the, uh, with the monetary situation internationally, uh, everything going to shit. Um, you know, that I, I know back, how long ago was it that they said that we'd have a digital currency by December? What was that about six months ago? Uh, yeah. So yep. when they first said that, It'd be by December. I was like, "That's a pipe dream." 
Well, you know what? Now, looking at things the way they are, like you and I were talking there earlier uh, today about the uh, international, the, the value of the, the uh, euro, the pound, um, all these other ones in comparison to the dollar, um, there, there is an active situation going on that is, that is trying to destroy so many things. All, all the things that are the, the pillars on which are, are the quote-unquote civil society and Western society are built on. They're, they're being destroyed before our eyes. And, uh, yeah. It, it's like, like the manatee playing the crystal flute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just think it's very, it, it's, it's very telling. Um, it's very disheartening if you take, I mean, I, my wife and I were having a conversation last week uh, about nine 11 and when the towers came down because she, she had done some research that a friend of hers had sent her some information and it's kind of the first time we've ever really talked about it. And, and I told her, I said, I don't even like talking about it because I believe that there was there's a there's a number of things pointing to the fact that we were behind that and i know i have i I know i have no control over it it, okay so what if we were i have no way of ever finding out for sure i have no way of being able to even if i did could it would do anything so it, it just it's just something that pisses me off for no good reason. So I'd rather put my efforts into something else. This is kind of the same way. Right. Um, situation. So, you know, I'm just going to concentrate on preparing for my family to, to I have a duty, a responsibility to to protect my family and, and my friends and, and, you know, warn as many people as I can with you know, pointing out facts instead of just conjecture and, and, and conspiracy, um, you know, making sure that I'm not just, you know, relaying bullshit because, you know, it's the first thing you hear, like you said a while ago about the, uh, you know, waiting 24 hours before you start really giving something some credibility, you know, you know, trying to, trying to find out because it is, it is irresponsible to just pass on bullshit information because, oh, well, it's it, it makes my side look better. Well, <laughs> that that makes you look yeah. ignorant. So, right, and you know, there's a difference between putting out data points. Like there, there was some stuff that was sent my way uh, via the the social media OSINT channels, um, and you know, emails and such. There was there was a thing that was put out on 4chan um, involving a uh, p8 and the aerial launch torpedo um you know i shared that thing only because it didn't look right to me on the face I, um you really got to be careful too when, when you're looking at, at like 4chan for example especially take it with a grain of salt man there, there were so many people that jumped on 4chan um for different things looking for like that instantaneous release of information and you never dispute its veracity 
you know, and, and that was definitely one of those that's like, oh, it, it's written to where it kind of looks legit. So people who don't know otherwise would, would jump on it. Yeah, you got some you got some questions, man. You start wondering, like, all right, so let's say that this aircraft, this sub hunter aircraft, you say that it launched a torpedo from 30,000 feet. That's not, you ain't launching parachute munitions from 30,000 feet. Um, that's not, that's, that's not how that works, man. Um, plus I, I don't, again, I'm not the expert on that aircraft, but I'm not even sure it flies up to that altitude, much less launches munitions. I don't know. I mean, I know who I could ask about that, but I've refrained to do so up until now. But um, it just didn't, that didn't seem right. Now, another story that actually did have some validity to it was that you had a uh, amphibious group of Marines that had a SEAL platoon attached to them that were also in the area. You know, you had uh, the, the Baltic uh, undersea exercises or uh, the big combined arms exercises up there that just went on where they, they were testing something. Uh, you know, they, they were they, they were testing different equipment, which they always do. <clears throat> but then there were there were images saying Russia captured this um, black looking uh, thing that they were calling an undersea drone, except that this is totally not an undersea drone like this. This doesn't look anything like any undersea drone that we would ever feel because it doesn't look like it would work very well undersea. I mean, this thing looked like a canoe. Um, that, that thing ain't going to go under the ocean very well. Uh, it, it, you know, I, so all the stuff just doesn't, it did, I mean, it didn't look like it would maneuver very well. So all, all the stuff just doesn't, none of it adds up. Um, but you know, a, a submarine launching a torpedo and hitting it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's old school. That's, that's the easiest explanation in Occam's razor. That probably is what happened. You know, but whose whose is the question? And is it even something that that would be possible to even prove what actually happened? Because I, how no. do we know how how deep were those pipelines? Do we know how how far under they were? I I know that they're relatively shallow, but three hundred five HAD is saying in the comments of seventy meters. Okay. So I knew it was relatively shallow. So it's not it registered super, a two point on the Richter yeah. scale. Um, but uh, I mean, it, I know. I guess what I'm trying to say is trying to do something that's that involves forensics underwater, um, especially even even though that's relatively shallow, it's still a good ways down, number of atmospheres down, and and doing a forensic you know, way to be able to actually prove something, I think that would be very difficult, if if not impossible. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I'm not. I mean, anything I know about that stuff is watching the thing when they talk about the Titanic and show pictures, and that's really deep. But it's <laughs> they're still doing stuff with that, being able to prove stuff with that from, you know, almost a century ago, century ago, something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, uh, 305 HADs saying, you know, the site's immediately contaminated. The evidence is washed away, uh, 100%. 
and who's going to examine it anyway? I mean, the Russians are, are not. Um, you know, but this pipeline was shutting down anyway. It, it had pressure losses um, that, you know, it, it's just there's, there's a lot of oddities to this one. Um, you know, but guys, we've talked about, you know, kind of examining the culprit. And but again, I, I'm coming back to I really don't think that it matters at this point uh, who the culprit is. We really need to be concerned about second and third order effects now. What do you guys think are, are, is, is going to come out of this? How is this going to break down? Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. If we don't know who it was and nobody else knows who it was, um, you know, maybe nothing happens. You know, if it was, if it was intentional and it was the U S yeah, if there's no forensics, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine a, a nation state doing anything overt. You know, one one more uh, food processing plant might go up in flames or something. Um, something to that degree. But as far as uh, land warfare, I don't foresee anything. Unless it comes out, you know, unless Russia says... Even if they say they have proof, you know, right we'll, right. we'll have to wait on, on somebody's next move. You know, it doesn't have to be true as long as somebody says, yeah, the U S did it, <clears throat> which we have like NATO allies saying we did it. So, well, we got um, the Polish foreign minister saying we did it. And, yeah. Uh, that was it. Cheering it on, minister. man. Uh, and I he's like, yeah. think that if, if they like, did great, your something, people are going to freeze this winter, dumbass. If they decided to to actually do something to us, um, I don't believe any of it would be something that would be overt and easily proven that they did it. Um, so you, you're talking um, worst case for something like that would be EMP, um, but more likely, you know, the the idea of cyber cyber attacks being escalated um, would would be more likely uh, because they're they're hot and heavy into that so if they wanted to you know do do different things with that I think that'd be more likely than an EMP but I think worst case would be an EMP and and that would be I mean what's the estimate 90 90 percent people would be dead within the first year if we got EMP I think that's yeah that's we kill high, each other yeah man. that's the high number well that and starvation i mean we kill each other the uh that book yeah, we, uh one second do that anyway yeah yeah really yeah we don't need need anybody in the outside agitation to do that you yeah. know man i'm going to wawa in philly man hmm. just sit outside yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that would be a sheet saying <laughs> Nah, the Wawa in Philly. You didn't. You didn't see the video. Uh, I the, the, the I, Wawa. No, I'm saying I. I only go. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I. I would only go. Oh, to yeah, sheets. yeah. You. You only go to sheets. It's, it's, see it's that. A, that's all we have level. down here. We're, <laughs> yeah. We, it, uh, yeah, it is. But Wawa. Wawa is one of the things like the, the rare occasion that I make it up to PA. I have to stop at one because mm-hmm. just because. Well, yeah, it's a yeah. thing because we have sheets down here. We, got, I mean, we got sheets everywhere down here. Yeah, so it's like it, it's it's nothing special, you know. 
Um, but now Bucky's, if if you are traveling from uh, anywhere from Alabama to the great state of Texas, Bucky's is where it's at. Bucky's is the Bucky's. Yes, yes. If you know, you know. You see that beaver? You see that smiling beaver? You got to stop. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm telling you, Bucky's is the greatest idea ever made. They're like, we're going to, we're going to make barbecue where you can get all the gas you ever need. And it's like walking in a, a, a half of a Cabela's. So like, you, wow. And do, do they sell it's like guns? A, it's great. A knife expose. Yeah. With barbecue, yeah. cigarettes yeah. and cheeseburgers. <clears throat> The best, the best thing we had. The, the next level gas station knives, like the step Pretty above much. the guys in single wides, like the double yeah. wides and like manufactured homes. Those are the guys that buy their knives from Bucky's. Hey, let me tell yep. you, the, <laughs> the best thing we have in our area for something like that is Roadkill Cafe. Unfortunately, they don't sell guns anymore because they used to have the gun rack for, for sale. Gun rack was in the the dining area. And so you could, I mean, I remember when my, my two older kids were young, we'd go in there and sit and we'd sit right next to the rack. And I remember my son, he was like four or five years old. And he was like, well, what's that one, daddy? I, I wouldn't mind getting that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, roadkill cafe for the win. That was, that was the best. Sounds like a place I would like, man. And they had all the t-shirts like, and sweatshirts too. Yeah, like, like they they they'd have some interesting merchandise when you mm-hmm. go in there. Yep, like that. That's where it's you like, could get like scorpions and in, in a sucker or something. You know? <laughs> it's like all the gas stations in Nebraska have the uh, Larry the Cable Guy cut off flannel shirts. Oh god! Every single gas station in Nebraska, oh, like it doesn't it does not matter which one you stop in, every single one. He's like, and when you go to the gas station, that's the only time you turn on the interstate is to get off to go to a gas station and then to get back on the interstate. It's the only time you turn going through Nebraska. <laughs> He's like Otherwise, the it's one big ass straight line and corn. Uh, man. Nebraska. Uh, we're all, all two of our listeners from Nebraska. I don't think... <laughs> Uh, yeah, nah, yeah, I'm not. There, there's a few people that I've had in class from Nebraska, so they're probably like, you know, hey, you asshole. So you, you have know, the entire making fun of Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> not the entire. We've had like two thirds. Two thirds of the would population. That, would that be the? Uh, <laughs> would that be the children of the children of the corn class? Uh, how would that? Well, <laughs> No, 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 I didn't have a class in Nebraska. I oh, just had okay. some from just some Nebraskans that showed Wyoming. up. Okay, yeah. Roger. Yeah, they they came out to the class in Wyoming, but um, it's like, man, your 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 college's mascot is a corn husker. Like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> this is what you do. This is what this is what you do. You got corn. Like you got corn. That's it. It's like that little kid in that video. I like corn. You know, like, I like corn. It's, it's, Bubba. You know? it's Bubba and Forrest Gump when he's talking about all the different ways you can make shrimp. 
<laughs> yeah. Like you can fry corn, you can popcorn. They got cornbread. Corn, they got cornbread. Corn fritters. Corn nuggets. <laughs> corn fritters. Like corn whiskey. Oh, it's, it's corn. corn. Well, yeah. I mean, Earth puppies. Where's that? that, man? Oh, yeah. Where's Somebody, that? Jason but, just said corn pudding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put, put, yeah. I, I think that's it. I think that's all the ways you can cook corn. <laughs> corn. Corn pudding, man. Corn pudding is the underrated hero of Thanksgiving yep. every year. You got that right, brother. Every year around here. <laughs> underrated hero of Thanksgiving. <laughs> we right. forgot corn pop. No. Corn pop. Yeah, corn, well, he He's a, a bad, bad dude. I think he was in the bathroom, man. So, like, the history of Corn Pop, he was, he was at Nebraska, and he did some bad things at, at high school in Nebraska, so he had to go to Delaware to chill out. And then he came across Joe Biden, you know. And, and the hairy legs. Leg. And his hairy legs, man. He had hairy legs, and, and that was when he found out about cockroaches. And he made Joe Biden. That's what the, happened, Jason man. just said cornhole. Cornhole? Well... <laughs> I think the game oh, there's a lot more than from Nebraska. Yeah, the, the, the game of cornhole originated in North Carolina. The, the game where you're throwing beanbags, not the other I, game. I, I, <laughs> just, yeah. Wait, that's a game? Yeah. Wait, can be. So. It's like riding the door, man. You gotta hold on, man. So, so uh, Scott, when you said that, the first thing I wanted to say was, well, gee whiz and bunny fuzz. <laughs> you know, you got to earn that belt buckle, man. I thought that's where you said your sister's wow. name and held on. Yeah. Cornhole oh, belt buckle's got oh, a big old oh. hole in it. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. It's a it opens pop. <laughs> it opens pop bottles. But I am not. I am not. I will. I will refrain from telling. <laughs> maybe. Maybe when y'all come to class. <laughs> there's a there's a particular salty story that I have. That. It. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it brought back memory when I see you, you take your cowboy hat and throw it into the crowd. It, uh, <laughs> oh wow! I got, I'm just gonna say, man, I got I got to resist all with some miles on it. <laughs> miles, miles. It's uh, been it's been worn by some. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Oh, back to geopolitical affairs. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're talking second and third order effects. Second and third order effects of, <laughs> of your wife here in this podcast. <laughs> Looking at that cowboy hat in the corner and saying, what the fuck? <laughs> She tell me some fucking stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, 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 anyway. 
Uh, so, fun fact, that's why you don't wear a black cowboy hat, because it shows dirt and other things. And other things. Uh, and other things. Brown, you get you a buckskin colored, light brown pecan colored uh, resistol. I have a pecan colored resistol. And it doesn't it doesn't show as much wear and tear, at least from a distance. Looks good. <laughs> Always looks good. Got a nice hat band on it too. Matches my belt. Uh, anyway, anyway, we had a fun conversation. Last time I was out in Texas, we had a fun conversation about that. Um, you know, so you know, I, about resist alls getting stolen and such and having to, you know and then then one of the guys one of the guys that was out there in that scout course the last one i did out in texas was talking about a girl stealing his belt and his belt and he had to go back and get it uh that, that was a pretty entertaining story it's like ooh, 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 she you you let her leave with that i mean come on man but uh anyway uh, so, uh, Jason, Jason, the comment said pecan. Yeah. That, that's how we say pecan. We, where you're from, they might say pecan, uh, but we say pecan. That's how we say it around here. So, uh, you know, things, the, the little nuts that grow on trees and are delicious and you can make pies with them yeah. and, and, uh, make pralines with them as well. One of my old school, uh, one of my favorite old school candies, pralines, uh, so anyway, you know, um, <laughs> anyhow, talk about geopolitical affairs, though, get going back, switching gears back to the seriousness. Um, second and third order effects. So, you know, Mad Mage saying you think that this is uh, one step further down the road of uh, escalation. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a European concern than it is a, a domestic American concern. And even if it is, you know, we're going to see probably maybe another uptick in, uh, in sabotage. Yeah, I think uh, some sabotage is in order. Um, maybe some street violence. <clears throat> you know, they're, they probably figured out how to stoke color revolutions because um, they've watched us do it so many times. So, yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll see something. Um, it might not, the news isn't going to cover it as such, but I'd say, uh, probably in the next month or two, see some, uh, something dramatic. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Not necessarily, uh. You know, they're probably not going to kill anybody, but yeah, you know, they might, uh, they might burn some stuff down, you know, they might, I don't know, maybe a cyber attack. Who knows that, you know, depends on what kind of mood they're in really. Like I said, it also depends on, um, who else publicly acknowledges it because the Russians have a tendency to play it pretty close to the chest. They're not like us where we're like, we go out on national television and we say, you know, we know who did it. And we're going to go get them. Uh, the Russians just, they just take care of business. Um, right. They're, right. They're the true silent professionals in that regard. Um, so, 
Yeah, I would definitely expect we're number we're definitely suspect number one. You know, we we brag about our Navy SEALs all the time and how much technology we have and and yeah, the video of Biden in February just saying like, oh yeah, if Russia goes in goes any further into Ukraine, we're gonna take out Nord Stream pipeline. Here we are. So that that's pretty yeah. bad look. Um, and it's believable, you know. I I wouldn't put it past the military industrial complex to do something stupid like that, um, knowing that it's going to further escalate something. Which where you know dodge where you said that's kind of what they want. I tend to agree with that. Right. Because um, if they put us into a wartime footing, that means that they can further the shortages because obviously they're all going to be diverted to uh, wartime efforts like all the diesel and uh, you know that's that's just how it's going to go and unfortunately there's not a whole lot uh, we as individuals can do anything about it but you know just keep prepping yeah yeah I mean no, you hit the nail on the head, man. That's that's all we can do, um, you know. And and uh, stay on top of it and and pay attention. Uh, recognize some of the the plausible scenarios. So uh, Dodge, you know, talking about EMP, um, one second after, one day after, uh, you know, the, those books. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's anybody that's uh, wondering about EMP. By the way, I did an episode with Dr. Arthur Bradley um, a while back. It's been a while back, but it's it's up. Um, it's it's probably oh man, I'd have to dig it up. But um, you can definitely uh, listen to it. It, it. You know, it's it's not behind the paywall or anything. Um, you know, and, and I'm going to leave that one out there for as many people to listen to it as possible. Dr. Arthur Bradley, by the way, is he's the leading expert in the United States on EMP. And he has got an incredible um, YouTube video series, which is extremely informative. Um, He tests things in his NASA lab. He works for NASA. Um, He is the leading expert on EMP. We had a, a wonderful podcast that I learned a lot from personally um, so if, if, if you're at all concerned about EMP kind of, uh, there's a lot of hype out there. There's a lot of BS out there that gets thrown around and you see it on all the prepper stuff and the social media and the forums and all that people talking about all these different things, right? He lays out, this is real world. Like this is what's actually going to happen. This is what's not going to happen. Okay. So you, you need to go and listen to that episode and, um, you know, we, we might need to, to revisit that uh, in the near future, but go and listen to that episode and, you know, take notes because I went back and I listened to that and I hate listening to myself, by the way. But I, but I went back and listened to that episode just to check my notes over uh, while I was listening to it and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm squared away, that my stuff's squared away uh, because he threw out a mountain of knowledge in that episode. So uh, anyway, you know, talking about EMP, uh, the likelihood of EMP is certainly on the table. Um, It is certainly on the table. The Russians absolutely have um, 
conducted research in EMP. Um, they absolutely know the second and third order effect of that. And, you know, there's a very strong case that could be made that, yeah, this is a plausible scenario. This might be something that they would want to do. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I don't think it's necessarily likely, but could it happen? Sure. Uh, sure. Magmatic, what do you think, brother? Uh, at this point in time, I'm pretty much giving up on trying to guess what the hell <laughs> is going to happen on stuff. It It's just been such a crazy, like, past few months, like, past six, seven months of just random wild shit happening that all I can do is just prepare myself, my family and my community for pretty much anything that I can. And that's what I've been trying to do. Um, I, man, it's, it, they could play this like Gulf of Tonkin and, and push us into something way worse. They could use an excuse to send another $20 billion to Ukraine. Um, <laughs> they need it more. They do. They do. Um, they need it more. So just, you know, plussed up with cash right now here in the U S that we have no need for any money inside our borders. We need to export all of it. Um, it's all going it seems like all this money seems to be going to their highest echelon of government and nowhere else. Yeah. And it, they'll say that they send like government. Yeah, they'll okay. say that they're sending 12 billion to, to Ukraine and like eight of it will be going to the DOD for funding mm-hmm. and development of new weapons. That um, we never see like the F 35. No. Right. Um, or if we do, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Huh. Yeah. While we give out all of our, our uh Carl Gustavs and Heimars. <laughs> our weapons um, they do work. Yeah, we give those away. Um, we can't replace yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, that they've openly said that they can't replace. Uh it's uh, man, if you had told me five years ago if you had told me last year that we'd be giving away Carl Gustavs from the seventy fifth and all the, the SF groups, I'd have told you that you were probably had some sort of mental issue and needed to get help. Uh, but it's a thing that's happening now. Um, it's just, it, it's, there's no, I don't even, I, it's, it's so hard to try to guess what's going to fucking happen next. They're just, it's like, they're, they're literally like chimpanzees in the zoo and they're just throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to do that day. Well, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. The, the big, my big concern isn't necessarily Russia EMPing us. It's that everybody thinks Russia would EMP us and everybody would blame Russia yes. and it ends up being somebody yes. else that had like, yes. like North Korea. Jericho who, scenario. Yes. It is, yep. Well, or yes, that the, an inside job or somebody like North Korea who maybe gets one. They have one that they can do. They say, yep. we're going to use it to best effect. And everybody blame, is wants to... That, that, they not only would blame Russia because the signs would point to it, but they want to blame Russia. 
look at the leg four. Like, yeah, they're going, looking for some oh, reason. It, everything was yeah, just like Madman said, it's it's not what's true. It's what you can prove right. in court. And and that oh. so, uh, I mean, and and there are too many countries that have nukes that we think are worth are our friends, and they are not. And I mean, it is is India a nuclear country? Is Pakistan a nuclear country? How many countries out there that we say, oh, they're our buddies, they're our allies, that, you know, does Turkey have nukes? Um, you know, that's that's my biggest concern. It's is is something like that because it's the distraction on one hand and and the, the actual uh, act on the other. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm not really concerned what like national governments are going to do. I'm, I'm concerned with what like people at a, a semi-local level are going to do in response and what they're going to, we have to do something. And get more <laughs> knee jerk reactions we, out of the voting booth. That's exactly wear, what we need. You all have to wear masks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's how we beat Russia. If you didn't know, uh, the CDC said it's it's mass. Yeah. Um, that's how we beat Russia. Wow. Um, <laughs> so much for that shit. Hey, they can put. <laughs> hey, they since Fauci does yeah. is kind of almost out of a job, they could make him the <clears throat> like the uh, EMP czar or some shit like that. Since he's good at being the uh, pushing the totalitarian bullshit. Yeah, well, he's he's, a great job with AIDS. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's hey. as qualified to talk about EMP as he is COVID. So, I think he should be in charge you know, of the new monkeypox I mean, epidemic. I mean, he seems to be in with that crowd well, anyway. The 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 Chinese fed him information on COVID, so they I mean they'll feed him information on EMP. So he's yeah, same thing. You know, same thing. Somebody already um, already probably yes. fed him the monkeypox information. Now, uh, oh, see, uh, monkeypox went away. They, they're not talking about monkeypox anymore because there were some uncomfortable truths about monkeypox. Well, they they didn't want to It just magically disappeared for all of June, completely yeah. unrelated. Completely unrelated. You know, like we, we got the, yeah, we, we got the uh, not call. You know, we we can't be talking about monkeypox for one month, and then and then they were like, well, maybe, maybe if we just let it go for the whole month of June, that it will it will start infecting, you know, others too. Like it it'll start affecting women all of a sudden, and then it didn't. And then it didn't. It didn't happen. That's that's died. wild. Huh. That's, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. Man, man. They like, said it come out right in the end. Oh. 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 I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be the butt of that joke. Oh. Yeah, I threw up a little bit in my mouth when I saw Lizzo prancing around out there with that crystal flute, man. Like, mm, they're mocking like, us. They're mocking it, us. It, it's offensive. It, it's offensive letting, already. Letting for a that, lot of reasons. 
you know, that should be obvious. But I mean, all right, if you want to have a lady out there dancing around like half naked and desecrating a, a national relic, uh, a, a national historical relic, at least make um, her attractive. Yeah, like put Megan T. Stallion out there. Like, like put, at least at least under two hundred pounds. Like, let's just like, yeah. and that's not even like a that's not a hard goal. Like, you could put Megan T. Stallion out there. I I would I would still be been out of shape about you know the the, the situation, but I would at least want to see it. You know, like yeah, I, you know, I, I want to <laughs> see it. Like I you know I I, I want to watch this. this. Yeah, is this all right? You know, like I, I ain't happy about this. But for I those of you that don't Paul, follow any pop culture, uh, the manatee that is Lizzo was given by the Library of Congress the flute that belonged to James Madison. Yeah. Um. So that's this timeline. I wish it would end. Um. Let's go to the next one. Because this one is obviously yeah. trash. Would that be like the well, uh, and the thing is, Rich, what is classic? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. she, see, she wasn't even classy about it. Like, no, up there in in a fucking like it looked like a, like a wrestling singlet or something. Yeah, it looked like a leotard or like That's a singlet. Sister. Yeah, I mean, hey, girl, nobody wants to see that. Mm-mm. Just you know, go go yeah. back in the back, get your moo moo, put that on, and go. Like, <laughs> you know, just 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 what go on. Like, people just, were arguing that like, oh, she's classically trained. I'm like, there's gotta be. And she's word. classically trained in what yeah. clothes and buffets. Classically <laughs> trained. Oh my God, she is banned from all local Cracker Bear. Yeah, they, they're like, well, they got the sign up that says "All you can eat." And they're like, yeah, it's not a challenge. Uh, uh, this it. it's all you can eat, but it's all you can eat in two plates. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a height uh, restriction? No, no, you know what? No, no. You just have to get it to the table. <laughs> it's like, it's like Lizzo don't eat, she feeds. <laughs> She'd be the one to find all the salt lakes in the woods. That you set out for the deer. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm just saying, man. You know, it's points of things. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to be disrespectful, at least be disrespectful with somebody attractive. I, I'm just right. saying. You know, like, well, that was my thing. Like, how many other classical flautists are there floating around <laughs> that could have done that and done it better? And not made like apparently not enough because they had to land on her. Well, that's because she just no, they all had. Well, she was she was just she was on one of those shows that 
the view or the talk or one of, one of those one of those dumbass daytime shows where they you know it's, they got women sitting around and they're bullshitting about stuff they don't know nothing about. Yeah, you know, I mean, so anyway. everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I used to see that on the farm when I was anyway, on this episode of No Ma'am. Um, <laughs> the He-Man Woman anyway. Haters Club. Yeah. So, I mean, but, nah, you know, like, but anyway, they had her on there, right? And, and obviously, I didn't watch this, but I did see a picture of it because this was funny. They had to get her a bigger chair. They had to put larger wheels under this chair. <laughs> and, like... On, on one hand, I feel I feel bad because like somebody needs to point out to her that like girl you, you might you might ought to cut it back a little bit. When they gotta pull out the fucking industrial casters to put on your chair. You got a problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and in, again, in law enforcement, yeah, the they call that a clue. Yeah, like like look, no, they call that you cover. Know, you're, you're, you're about twelve months away from being on my six hundred pound life. All right. <laughs> no, it's. I'm just saying, like you, you, you really need to dial it back. You know, like you need to dial it. We could all be in a little bit better shape, okay? But she could be know, in a lot better shape. Well, round is a shape. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is, but. When you nah. have your own gravitational nah. pull, um, mm. I mean, like, HP 11 saying she could be on an offensive line. She, I mean, she could, she is man. the offensive line. If she laid she down, looks like she would be an offensive, she looks like an offensive tackle, man. She looks, she, I mean, she looks like an offensive tackle or a guard, like all, on the offensive line. That's you know, in in. I mean, again, I, I'm not trying to trash the girl, but, you know, but I, I, after I've trashed her for, you know, 20 minutes, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be disrespectful to the country, first of all, you got to understand you're going to get some shit thrown your way. That's number one. But number two, if, if you're going to be disrespectful to the country that's giving you everything, giving you millions of dollars, propped you up, made you successful. You know, and, and and has supported you in your career, which you completely trashed this country. You know, I'm sorry. I I I don't owe you any respect. Nobody owes you any respect. They, because give us a reason to owe you respect. You know, and and, and whatever. Well, yeah, if you're gonna, uh, if you're going to disrespect the country and everything it stands for, yeah. then don't live in a glass house. Uh-huh. I mean, that's yeah. you know, don't. So yeah, I mean, so again, we we we've got a lot of problems here at home. Um, you know, and, and I want to circle back. So going back to second and third order effects. So we've talked about it up until now, you know, like really the overtone I'm getting from you guys is a couple of things. One that there, there absolutely will be a response and it's, it's probably going to be outside of what, um, you know, the media would predict or what most people would predict, but also that, it's going to be uh, relatively swift and it's going to play to the divisions that we have already here in the United States. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of how we got on that topic a little yeah. bit. And I agree with all that a hundred percent. So here's my prediction on what's going to happen. So, and, and I saved this for the, the final little bit of the show, 
so I've talked about this, you know, back at the beginning of the show, you know, closing in on 10 million hits in four years, 10 million hits in four years. That's a lot of traffic coming into a website. And, um, you know, the, the, for a website that does no advertising, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've been able to accomplish a lot because this, this audience that we have is really incredible. Uh, you know, radio Contra being number one in news commentary on Podbean now for eight days straight is really something, you know, that, that that's incredible. And again, it, it's, it's word of mouth. It's this audience. And uh, somebody said on Twitter, and and I'm not, I'm, I'd have to go back and look and see who it was, but um, you know they they pointed out that there's some things that are are coming to pass right now that I wrote about back in 2018, and I've been sharing a lot of that stuff around, and and uh, you know because I began to look at, I think I was probably the only person in the alternative media, conventional media, whatever you want to call it. I was the only person that was actually talking about South America and the goings on in South America in a realistic way, you know, because it, it, there's a big disconnect there. And when we think about, you know, uh, things that are going on south of the border, we kind of think about the cartels and that's it. And, and it stops there, you know. But one by one, piece by piece, the countries of South America have all fallen. And this was a strategy that Nikita Khrushchev laid out in the late 1950s and into the 60s, that they were going to spread international communism right on the doorstep of the Yankee imperialist, right? That is that is their playbook. That is exactly what they, they sought to do. And that is what they have continued to follow up until now, right? And so... I, you know, started looking at things. Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua is essentially the power broker for Central America. Um, he is in a very critical position. Now, Daniel Ortega was a leader of the Sandinistas. You know, and I talked about this in, in uh, one of the last Radio Contras, where it was uh, uh, Red Dawn in America Revisited, right? So you've got Venezuela. You've got Russia that's building all of this military equipment there. Right. They're building all of this military equipment there uh, in Cavim, AK-103s, ammunition, armor, radio equipment, you name it. They're building it there. OK. And, and it was kind of a bumpy road to get it built there, but but they are building it there. They've got Gustavo Petro now, who is the president of the last American ally in the region. OK. Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro was a friend to Trump. But he's not really an ally to the United States. You got to understand this. They, and, and there's an important distinction there. All right. Um, you know, uh, LF Wisco saying Nicaragua kicked out the U.S. Embassy and brought in China. That's absolutely correct. And that was Daniel Ortega. Right. And now they they are are building a new canal that is going to supersede the Panama Canal uh, in capacity. Right. So these guys are the power brokers really to to the entire Western Hemisphere. You got to understand this. So. With the deteriorating situation between the United States and Russia, we are on the cusp of war with one another. Right. Our geopolitical situation has never been worse going back to the Cold War, probably to 1962. 
And I am pointing that out for a specific fact. So one other thing that I talked about back in 2018, November of 2018, and you can search this on AmericanPartisan.org, right? The Lorde's Signals Intelligence Station reopened. Russia canceled the debt that Cuba had. Russia stationed their next generation strategic bombers, one squadron of them, in Venezuela. They did not recall them. That's a permanent garrison, right? What did Russia do at right after that, along with China? China has economic imperialism that has literally bought off all of the countries of the Caribbean, and they have a substantial presence now in Cuba as well. Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, Honduras, Nicaragua, a strong presence in Mexico, right? I have chronicled all of this on AmericanPartisan.org going back to 2018. I've talked about it all. This administration is completely tone deaf to what's happening here. They fought like hell and are fighting like hell to get rid of Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro is the last friend that the West has, and that is the last bastion against BRICS because there's a whole contingent in Brazil that is going to bring in BRICS. And when that happens, the control of the entire region south of the Rio Grande now is complete. The Russian and Chinese hegemony is going to be complete there. All right. You need to understand the severity of the situation. And I think I'm the only person in the media that is talking about any of this, but I'm sounding the alarm because this is critically important. Now, they have strategic weapons, strategic nuclear weapons that are stationed in Venezuela. They're in Caracas, right? You need to understand that Caracas is not that far from Miami. Big picture. What else happened? We got out of the, inter- we got out of the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty. That no longer exists. Remember that? And the Russians have this interesting missile called the Iskander, which is nuclear capable. What I predict is going to happen, because this is what I would do. I'm going to park those Iskanders. I'm going to unveil them as soon as the cleanup is done from this hurricane in Cuba. Because it hit Cuba and and did quite a bit of damage in uh, the uh, Pinar del Rio region. But I'm going to unveil those weapons, and I'm going to say, hey, Biden. Hey, DC, there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. And I'm going to park those nuclear weapons right on your doorstep. There is no treaty. There is no anything restricting me. And what are you going to do about it? Not a damn thing. That's what's going to happen. That's my prediction. That is my MDCOA, my most dangerous course of action, that's what I think is going to happen. I hope that it doesn't escalate further than that, but we're going to see, worst case scenario, we're going to see another Cuban Missile Crisis that is going to unfold. That's what I see happening. And when you see that, the fall of Taiwan isn't going to be too much for uh, too much further behind that. I don't think. Although, although 
I would have thought that China would have moved on Taiwan already. I'm not sure what they're waiting on. Uh, it could have been that they consolidated control, which was what happened uh, inside of China. But that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Um, you know, they're not going to back down. They're not. They're absolutely not going to back down. And they know now the ball's in your court. This is what we did. The ball's in your court. And what are we going to do about it? How are we going to respond to that? How is D.C. going to tell the American people, hey, you're safe, when we sent all our weapons, all our strategic weapons, anything that could have responded to this, we sent it to Ukraine? That's a pretty chilling scenario. And it's a real bad one. And the evidence is there. So people can say what they will. They'll listen to this. I'm sure people will leave comments. You know, oh, that that's likely or that's not likely. Hey, it's, that's fine. That's your assessment. Um, but I'm telling you, the evidence is there. This is my assessment. This is what I think is going to happen. All right? I pray that it doesn't, and I hope that I'm wrong. All right? I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Um, that is That is, without a doubt, what I would do. And all the evidence is there. And I got a feeling that the weapons are there that they're already there. Um, you know, you had a Russian general back in 2018 saying, basically saying that they were going to do this. That article was up on AmericanPartisan.org as well. You can search it. Search for each one of these. Uh, just go to the search bar, type in uh, Cuba, nuclear weapons. You're going to find all this stuff. Type in Lord A's Signals Intelligence Station. You're going to find all this stuff. All right, it's there. All right. So anyhow, with that said, coming up on the two-hour mark, folks, is last call. Great to be in here with you, drinking, having a good time, and sharing some great information while we were at it. Folks, um, continue to pray for the folks down in Florida any way at all that you can help out with the relief effort. Please do so. Go back and review Hurricane Watch Net that all that information on the Hurricane WatchNet, please participate in that if you can at all possible. With that said, folks, please be safe out there. If you are in any of the affected regions and listening to this, um, you know, please reach out. Anything that we can do from our end, more than happy to do so. And for all of us here on Radio Contra, Sons of Liberty, God bless you. Good night. Be safe. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout, out. This is the Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Shell. Come with it now.